0: Well, I'll be brutally honest with you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as we welcome you to World Championship Daily, day 11. Uh, After the afternoon session, I was thinking that we were going to come on air tonight, and uh, as we're recording this, it just got 11 o'clock GMT, and saying that there was barely anything that happened on day 11 of this famous tournament. Uh, But then the evening session delivered the longest session of the tournament so far, where we had every set but one potentially played. And... um, yeah, there's a couple of big stories to talk about, one in particular, which we will get to a little bit later. Uh, Jonathan, alongside you, uh, glad to be back after the Christmas break. Joining me uh, to talk some darts with you is Jack Gobby-Garwood and Lee Boyce. Scott, we'll start with you. Um, I'll be brutally honest, I thought we are going to have to put out a missing persons report for you uh, after what happened last night, but uh, good to see you still joining us, old buddy, old pal. How are you?
1: Ha, ha, ha. I mean, one of us actually <laughs> recorded the pod last night. One of us didn't. So don't start.
0: Oh, yes, that's very You true. You want to talk
1: about missing person reports,
0: like, turn up we, first. We, we do have a rotation on this show. And you know that's with the
1: case. And you covered me all day because I'm turning. But that's irrelevant.
0: What was that? Sorry? You completely dropped And And you, you, you covered me for
1: the other stuff throughout the day. But that's completely irrelevant. I'm still going to pretend you didn't throw you under the bus and say, where were you for the pod?
0: <laughs> that's how it works on this show you've got to get the dig in first and uh, it's a shame isn't it about your boy but uh, there we go uh moving quickly on uh lee welcome back my friend hope you are all good um like i say you picked a, a decent day to come on last time it didn't look like you were gonna pick a day on this time but i mean the
2: evening session sort of delivered yeah well, i've picked a, a decent evening probably not a decent day But certainly the evening uh, probably lived up to expectation a lot more than the daytime. It certainly did, and that is where we start.
0: We start off with the two, uh, probably the most famous names, I'd say, um, of the the two. No, disrespect respect to anybody else on the session, including the the three-time BDA world champion. But certainly, uh, Gerwin Price and Gary Anderson uh, are are up there in terms of recognised names in the PDC. And we will start off, Gob um with a game that nearly had everything apart from the last leg from Dolan uh, that uh, where you hit 106 darts when you're trying to go against the throw it just didn't it, it just didn't work out for him but this is a really quality game i thought
1: Yeah, Brendan's made two mistakes in the entire seven sets. He missed two darts at double 11 in the first set, and he's kicked off with a ton in six darts in the deciding leg. And he was brilliant throughout. Um, A superb game of darts between two players that, it was another one that just went backwards and forwards. It wasn't one player constantly going at the other one. If one player dipped, the other one picked it back up again. Um, There were some big darts, some big doubles, some big checkouts hit at the right moment.
0: It, It was a great watch what did you think of this one, my Because it was certainly an interesting game. And I thought that Price really showed his class there in that final set. Some huge checkouts. I think the big moments for me was the start of the fifth set where he goes and hits that 170. That, for me, was was brilliant stuff from Gary Price.
2: Yeah, it was. And I think I thought then Price had him. And then we up to the situation at the end of the sixth set where... Price missed the dart to win it um on top for the one four five. Dolan comes back and clears up the one oh four. And then Dolan into the last set. Part of me was thinking Dolan's gonna take it, but then we had the last lead where we just didn't turn up early on. But the seventy-two finish on top for Price was just top draw um at that point because Dolan was on seventy-two as well. Yeah. And how Dolan finished the end of the sixth probably had the confidence that he would have finished that Diamond as well um it was just an outstanding down from start to finish yeah it really was
0: and I don't think there was that many breaks to throw I'm just looking through uh, the the uh... The way forward now, and I think there was only about like seven or eight game uh, breaks a throw in the entire match. God, I'm sure someone will, will tweet us uh, how many there were. But Price hit nine maximums, was 50 percent on the checkouts, was 100 average. But I want to touch on this, and I, I, look, we all know your thoughts on uh, on the certain Welshman. Um, but hit genuinely on this one, two years ago he loses that game. Uh, it's a, it's a remarkable to see. The improvement that he's had to where he's obviously won the most tournaments out of anybody this year, and could could be adding it to it this year with the great with the biggest tournament of the lot. I miss
1: twenty eighteen.
0: What a point? year! Because, because, no, what a year! Me, but, yeah, but, but you know that twenty nineteen World Championship where he plays against Nathan and where the star is born, if you like. He misses darts to win the match 3-0, and then Aspil comes back and wins it 3-2. Under now, you would not expect the 2020 version of Gerwin Price to miss it, and he didn't.
1: No, no, unfortunately, you're right. Um, (laughs) He's got some unreal amount of bottle at him. The 170 he took out, Brendan sat on a two-dart. Plus as well, by the way,
0: really quickly, really quickly. uh, Dolan just missed Bull for a one six one that time.
1: Yeah. I mean... I'm going to use the MVD cliche that, that Price did the right things at the right moments in this one. He, he got dragged into a little bit by a, a really, really good performance from Brendan, who has, has upped his pace in search of a bit of rhythm. I, I think it suits him massively. I think it, as a fan, as a spectator, it, it makes him a lot more watchable as well. well playing at that pace, he's, he's far more viewer-friendly. Um, but it helped his game as well. I mean, he put up a real good scrap, but... I could just have Price did the right things at the right
0: moments. He certainly did. But before we hear from Gavin Price, a word on Brendan Dolan. Yes, he's dropped down to currently as in the order of merit as to number 34 in the world. But that top 32 area is still difficult to try to get into. Well, right? and it is quite tightly packed around there. With the way that he's playing, there's no, for me, I can't see why he can't get back into the top 32 so and maybe even push at the
2: rankings if he continues to play like that. Yeah, and I think oh. and I think the pace will dictate that as well because if he plays at the pace he did tonight, you could see that the, his story was a lot better. There wasn't many visits without a treble at all throughout the day and for him. He was putting Price under pressure. His, story, his finishing was done. Um And just looking back at the break to throw, it was only three in the day. Across the whole day, and that shows how well he held, held his throat across and the whole performance. And then, seems have, I think he's got to keep to that pace, he's got to, for me, just continue what he's done this evening. Um, and he can easily then push back up, and we'll see the performances that he's done previously.
0: Right, let's hear from then the Victor. He is through to the last 16, and we'll talk about his last 16 opponent in a little bit. And goodness me, it's going. To be brilliant. Let's hear can from in Price. Here he is in his press conference
3: afterwards.
4: Gezi, huge congratulations. you come through an absolute stormer out right there. Smile on your face says, Oh, you must be able to move with that.
3: Yeah, I put myself under a little bit of pressure. I think, you know, I get, on my throw and on my sets, I thought I was quite comfortable. And then every time I was trying to add against the throw, when he was Brendan set, and Fair play to him on his sets. He was fantastic, and I tried, I tried my best to break him and try and get that set off him. But he was just pinging out those last darts, especially you know when I'm 3-2 up in sets, 2 all I think I left the double e- p- ping, uh, pings out of one 4 and that's what he was doing most of the game, especially on his throw. Did they
4: hurt when you stood at the back of your and pinned him last start? No,
3: thinking... nah, I, I knew he was going. That's the way he was going all game. You know, I, I just knew on his throw he, he, was, he was really, really good, and I just couldn't seem... But on his throw, on my sets, I could break him, but just not on his sets. It was it was a weird game. And yeah, Every time I'd have one dart at a double, <coughs> he'd ping it out last start, and I was like...
4: <laughs> you seemed more yourself up there tonight, like the Gezi that we've seen throughout the beginning of the year. You were emotional, you were pumped, and that brought the best out of you in spells.
3: Yeah, in spells, yeah, that's what I mean. But I need to be a little bit more consistent and not think about the game too much. I overthought today on his throw, and... So I wanted to break him early and just take the pressure off and, to be honest we put a little bit more pressure on.
4: We've seen a lot of players. Are you liking that long walkway? Because a lot of you seem to be wandering halfway up there but compose yourself and everything
3: like that. I don't know. It's a couple of times I was up against it and I thought oh, I'd just go for a wander, give myself a kick. But yeah, it's nice to have somewhere to walk.
4: Merv King next, and that's playing very well as well. Should be another tough game, but one you're looking forward to.
3: Yeah, definitely. I get on really well with Merv. I've played him a couple of times. I think I've got the upper hand on him, but that doesn't mean I'm gonna go and win this game. But if I play as well as I did tonight, but you know, take my opportunities a bit better then I'm confident I'll come through that game.
4: Bottom half of the draw, Peter Wright, defending champion, went out last night, makes your route to the final perhaps a little bit easier than what it could have been. Thoughts on that now, the way it's materialising.
3: Yeah, but, you know, whoever's left in this tournament has got a great opportunity to, to win this event. And whether Peter's in here, whether Michael's in it, or, or whether I'm in it, or anyone, you know, anybody can still win it. And I didn't really look at Peter, you know, I wasn't going to see him until the semi-final and it would be a fool to look that far forward and think, oh, I'm going to get the semis and try and beat him. But, you know, as you've seen today, Brendan, he's not right up in the rankings, but they're all quality players.
4: And again, last time we spoke to you, you couldn't wait to get home. How was Christmas at home with family?
3: Yeah, it wasn't the best, but, you know, we did what we had to do and go through, go through the, the Christmas period the way we had to, but, yeah, it wasn't ideal. Gezi, congratulations. The Thanks
5: very much. Gezi, just looking at the head-to-head, it was over a year since you played Brendan, who's a, a very different player up there to what he'd been before. Was it maybe a little bit more difficult to prepare for because he, he changed his style?
3: No, I I, I prepared... Uh, I didn't think he would play as quick as he did which I think it suits him and he plays a lot better when he's more fluent but I thought that he'd maybe try and slow the game up a little bit but he didn't, fair play to him and yeah, it was a cracking game and he, he played brilliant I thought I played or right. I think I deserved to win the game but I think I didn't win as comfortable as where I should have Do you think that's
5: the trait of a champion winning those, those games a real nipping tuck and say going to a last week side?
3: Yeah, I always felt confident in that game that I was going to come through it, but up until the last leg, really. But I just knew that he was hanging in there on his throw, on his sets and on his legs. I had a couple of chances to break him and make the game a little bit easier for me, but, you know, last leg decider and I always backed myself.
5: And just on your opponent, Mervyn King, he's been quite vocal and saying he doesn't like players, in his words, over-celebrating. I assume
3: you're just going to go up there and be yourself against me. Yeah, I'll be myself. No matter who I play, I get on really well with Merv. I played him in one of the series, winters or autumn series, and beat him 6 0. I think that's because he was beating himself up, that I was celebrating on a pro tour as well. I think I was 5 0 up and gave it large because I left a double and he wasn't happy with that. But I get on really well with Merv. But up on that stage, I'm up there to do a job. Okay. Cheers,
0: Moving on then to. The second game, Lee. Gary Anderson, four. Mentor sudovic three. Not a lot to talk about there. <laughs> um, right. Uh, Lee, you could have first days on this. Where do we start?
2: Uh, well, the opening set, I guess, where we... The opening set, which seemed to be the longest set I've seen played at the World for a very, very <laughs> long time. And... Um, I don't know if Mensor come out with the idea of trying to frustrate Darry Anderson by slowing him down even more than what Mensor does do sometimes, but it seemed to impact him more than it did Darry Anderson. Um and by the sounds of what Darry Anderson's since said, the table was more the issue than Mensah early on. Um but it seemed like Mensor it impacted his own performance more than it did Anderson for me. Um he, he just as soon as he then got that rhythm later on, he had that run of uh, six consecutive legs, and he seemed a lot better player, and he seemed in control then at that stage. And then later on, he seemed to slow back down. a then I don't think he uh, knew what was best for himself throughout it all. Gob, look, I'll, I'll give my
0: <laughs> ten pence worth in a second. Uh, but Gob, your your thoughts on this one because it, it just wasn't a good watch. Simple enough let play nah. that.
1: No, it's not. And I think Lee's been very kind to Mensaw then. He came out knowing full well what he was going to do, right? And it's not the first time Mensaw's done it. To Gary Anderson alone, but he's done it to other opponents, right? Mensaw is not innocent in this by a long way. Um, I personally don't think... the, The table will have frustrated Gary, but again, it's one of them things that you're clutching at when things aren't quite going your way. And I think he's he's tried to use that to be a little bit more respectful in the way that he's, he's trying to have a go. Ultimately, the problem is that once Gary reacted to the slow play in previous years, but more specifically in the match play final to Dimitri Vandenberg, every single man in his dog is going to try against him because they know it infuriates him. They know it winds him up. And if you get a chance to rattle him, you've got a better chance of beating him. But, and, and that's where Gary's made his mistake is that the entire world, casual darts fan or not, knows that the way to get into Gary Anderson's head is to slow him down because he doesn't like it. He just wants to get on and play darts. As he said a million and one times in his Sky interview, he just wants to play darts.
0: Well, he said that, to be fair, didn't he, as well, after the match play, where we talked about that one with Richard van der Berg and, and that we, we could tell that he was slowing the game down a little bit. Uh, to, to, to the pace that he wanted to play it to try and, and put Gary off. This is what he said, by the way. Some of the quotes from his uh, interview with Sky, because obviously we haven't, uh, we haven't got an interview with Gary either on on the show or on YouTube, but we did have this interview from Sky who said, uh, he said it was absolutely dire, an absolute joke of the game. Everyone says, why did he get cheesed off with darts? That's one of the reasons. For a start, we were told what tables we were on, and I ended up on the wrong table for the duration of the game. Mentor went to the wrong table. I had to bite the bullet and get on with it. If I was watching that at home, I'd probably turn it over and put Cory on. And this is the line that really interests me. If that starts, then I'm off-ski. I'm going to go and play golf instead. I'm going to wait a second before I unleash on, on what happened tonight because there's no there's no doubt about it. No, oh, sorry, I'm not going to wait. Here we go. What Mentor did tonight, for me, is just anti-darts. Gob talks about it all the time, talks about other players doing it, and he's, he's absolutely spot on with the way that Mentor was playing tonight. I don't normally like to go at players because at the end of the day, you know, I, I like just watching the game and we all like watching the game of darts. That, for me, wasn't darts. You talk about mind games, you talk about everything else that darts being a mental game, yes. Gary's in the right there to say that he just wants to get on and play darts. And if anybody's deliberately playing it slowly, you cross the line. He crossed the line there, did mental service. There's no doubt about that. Having said that, though, Lee, I'll come to you on this. If Gary is talking about tables screwing up his concentration, that says to me that he's not in, the, in a great place at this moment in time. And I do wonder whether we will see Gary Anderson carry on in the sport much longer.
2: Yeah. Um, has he done it to sort of not go down the route as he's done previously to talk around it was the player slowing me down. I don't like it. I just want to dead on. So he's tried to push it away from that totally because he has touched on it, but not totally done down that route and he probably spoke more about the table than he did about Menso. and I just think moving forward, the next opponent he plays in the Worlds, the next opponent he plays in uh, other competitions, are just going to look at this and see there's an opportunity to just maybe slow down a second or two and if things are not going Darry Anderson's way early on, he's going to get frustrated and you're in his head quite <coughs> early on. he? You could tell today by his body language that he didn't really want to be there. Um, He got through, but you could tell he he lost that a little bit about him. So if more people have seen that and can see that as an advantage against him, it it could quite possibly be the end. Got your thoughts, mate?
1: The thing is, in the match. Round. I don't think Devon is the sort of player that will slow him down because Devon relies on his own rhythm to get himself going and will back his ability to to go and give Gary a game. But Jason Lowe, if he does beat Devon in the next round, is not the quickest of darts players you'll ever see, and that that won't be deliberate, right? That that's where the difference is, and that's where we've always drawn the line. It's the issue with this is that. As by the rules, Menzel Silovic did absolutely nothing wrong tonight. But the thing that frustrates me, especially as somebody that, all right, I like to play in a similar manner to Gary. I like to just be able to get on with the game and, and throw when I'm ready to throw, is that those players are absolutely powerless to it. You, you become at the mercy of the player deliberately going slowly. And the thing that irritates me is there's no response for me as a faster player. I'm not sure there will be anything you can ever do. I'm not sure you can really bring in an average throw time, like you've got an average shot time in snooker because that's just over a season and you won't be playing all these games and it's it's too hard to monitor. I, I don't know what you do about it, but I just don't enjoy seeing it and I don't think I ever will enjoy seeing it. it it's not Gary as and old as, as I've seen on social media. I, I genuinely think that there were there was a deliberate plan by Mentor to upset or throw his opponent off. The I think
0: that's the last we need to say of it. I totally agree. It was bad. To uh, see, it wasn't good. I, I didn't enjoy it. I, I hated to watch that game. I, I, obviously, we have to watch it because that's what we do. But that was not a fun experience of watching darts. And uh, all I'm going to say is, is that if that, I'm with Gary in a way, if that is what darts is going to come to, and it probably will do as professionalism, it's not going to be a fun watch. It's not going to be anything. But hopefully with the crowd back, with the way that people might have to speed up because of the way the crowd will give them jip for it, might actually be a good thing. We'll see. I don't want to go any further because I could go absolutely mental and I could lose my job. So let's move it on. Um, and let's talk about a player gob that we have just seen a renaissance. Mervyn King is playing the darts of his life right now. It's easily the best I've seen him since the 2012 World Grand Prix. Obviously made the Players' Championship final, lost out in the last league decider to Michael Van Gogh in three weeks ago. But he's just come and absolutely taking that on and he's only gone whitewashed the grand slam champion that is jose de Sousa. that that doesn't happen very often he did it with a slightly lower average
1: 103.47 yes. plays 103.62 and jose didn't win a set yes. um merv merv was superb um i was quite sceptical when he changed equipment, when he changed to these new barrels. I thought he'd have a, a little bit of a, a peak, which we saw. And then we did see a little bit of a drop off. And I was concerned then that he'd switched a couple of years, about three, four years ago. I think he tried a slightly different setup then. And it just did not work for him. It, it cost him a good six months of, of poor results, I think. But this switch has worked absolute wonders for him. He seems relaxed, he seems happy, he seems content on the hockey until perhaps maybe his next round opponent starts screaming in his face. We'll see what happens then. Um, What's
0: wrong with you?
1: (laughs) But he he just looks a completely different man. He's enjoying his darts. I, I think he's one of the players that's almost benefited from the awful year that the majority of people have had that is 2020 and that, he went away, he worked another job and he's got a renewed vigour and focus on his darts now. He's enjoying it and without being disrespectful, when you get to Merv's age and you've been around as long as possible, having that get up and go to play darts is is essential. As he could swan off into the distance and be a very happy, comfortable man for the rest of his life. So it, it's fantastic to see him playing this well. Um, he's a great character, a great dart player and to, to be Jose in no the manner he did is superb
0: certainly was. Uh, your thoughts on this one, mate, because Jose de Sousa, I don't think, did a lot wrong. It just His doubling just wasn't there and a couple of miscounts, really.
2: And, and that's all it was, but Merv punished absolutely everything from start to finish. I think Jose won four leads, I believe, across the whole game, um, and Mervin just punished yep. absolutely everything. The tops hitting was unbelievable. I'm not sure he stacked on tops, but it was move of sixteens, but now on tops and i think moving into the price one it's going to be across the who can hit that tops better because merv on it today was just incredible and um, there was just so many there was so many points in that day where merv done something that just stopped jose and i know we kept coming back a little bit with restoring but most finishing was just top draw top top draw it was. Uh, this is the thing as well, Lee, because he he's, he's, he, doesn't, he usually...
0: God, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he usually hated Tops, didn't he? Used to. He did, yeah.
1: He's made a, a marked effort in the last 18 months to become a little bit more friendly with that.
6: Yeah, so Lee,
0: what, 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 what we see King there hitting 12 or 21 on the doubles, and he even said in his interview afterwards, which we'll play in a second, that he believes that the darts that he's, about, he's throwing with genuinely have he genuinely believes he's got a chance of winning this world championship with the way that he's playing i can see him beating price in the last 16 because oh, don't I do that, that to that... me don't do that to me no, don't I'm, give I mean, me the hope <laughs> i'm being deadly serious though he just looks on it At this moment. you also
1: told me adam hunt was going to win today we'll get onto yeah,
0: that in a minute I think that game's last on our round of the game, do you know what I mean, Lee? Could you, could, you could make a case here for, for Price to, to win this game. Sorry,
2: for, for King to win this game, excuse me. 100%. 100%. But like we said, he, he's hitting, he's, I think, if I remember right, King was the one who, with an 80 finish, would be down for Sid Steens and would rather go for bull with third dart in hand and he would go for tops. And he's just changed that approach completely. Um, his storing seems a lot better. His drooping's there. But I guess it's under pressure. He's going to be pushed a lot more by Price, I think, than what Jose did. And it's, it's hard to say that when Jose got a better, advantage, uh, better average. But I, I, I do believe as well that Mervyn can and will beat Derwin Price.
0: Don't Ooh. do that to me, either! no.
2: But <laughs> well, well, while
0: Gob recovers from what could be one of the biggest moments ever, if if he does win, let's hear it from Mervyn King right now at his press conference.
6: Merv, congratulations! The fabled Mervyn King, a game on the world championship stage must
7: have felt good. So it's a game, but it's getting close.
6: First two sets, 110 average, got to be close,
7: isn't it? Mm, done that last time? Um, no, seriously, uh, it's. A game B game C game whatever it takes um, mate if I went up Baron 1 with a 77 I'd still be happy wouldn't be happy the way I played but the win is a win and that's all you want in this tournament um, at the end of the day it's no good going up there with a 110 average and losing so you've taken out the Grand Slam
6: champion there and it's not as if he played Poorly, you just hit mm. everything at exactly the right time
7: yeah, as I said yeah, you've got to hit the right things at the right time you do your homework on the player that you're playing against you know when you got to hit him
6: to reach the last 16 of the William Hill World Championship for the first time in half a decade
7: that's a big thing for you isn't it? alright alright steady <laughs> um, I'm not here to make the numbers up I never have been um, some years it's been very disappointing some years it's, it's sort of we get in there and then it's failed at the hurdle Um, I wouldn't say it's huge but it's going in the right direction and the way I'm feeling confidence wise um, there's no reason why we can't carry on going Um, doesn't matter that uh, he's the Grand Slam champion he's a player with three darts the same as I am all I've got to do is enough to beat him it doesn't matter what he's won before
6: To be playing so well and achieving these results, obviously the players' championship finals, runner-up spots, being in this position in the World Championship, after missing out on the match play for the first time ever in the PDC, and I know the calendar messed things up for you, but it's got to be hugely satisfying to be doing that after a disappointment over
7: some. Oh, very much so. I mean, uh, missing the match play was, um, I can't say what I want to say. It It was a kick, somewhere. Um... Yeah, uh wasn't nice to miss the match play. Um, but then I had a half-decent run in the, the Grand Prix to show that I'm not quite done yet. You know, there's still some life in the old dog yet. Um, and who says the old dog can't learn new tricks?
6: Interesting. What new tricks have you been learning,
7: though? Well, you've not been listening, Dan. Huh? You know, different darts, slightly different, different grip, longer pints... Different throw, maybe only just a little tweak with the throw, a little bit flatter, a little bit harder. Um, it's no good me trying to float these in, that doesn't work. They go all over the shop, so you've got to be a bit more forthright with the throw. Um, and it seems to be working. And when it works, then I get confident. when I get confident, then I'm dangerous.
6: Certainly looking very dangerous at the moment. Brendan Dolan or Gerwin Price next? Now, you probably won't need the earplugs for Brendan giving it the helicopter finger in celebration, but you might do it if Gerwin makes it through
7: to face. Mm, yeah, um, he, he plays the game the way he does. I'm, I'm not a a fan of over-celebration. Um, you know, I'm mean mean I mean, i not saying that people can't celebrate when they hit a major shot or something like that, but if you hit a double-two with your second dart in the middle of a set and, and you give up... I find that just a little bit OTT. Um, yeah, I, even I celebrate sometimes when it's a ton plus on a pressure shot to win a set or to stop them breaking me or something like that. Then, yes, I, I can understand why people celebrate. But, uh, yeah, when, when it's OTT in my eyes, there's no need for it.
6: When things do get OTT in your right? eyes, is, is it an annoyance? Does it, it threaten to put you off your game? or does it just spur you
7: on To be honest with you, it normally gees me up. I I don't like it, it annoys me and normally when things annoy me I play better. So, even though it it normally goes that way, I don't want to hear it.
4: Well well done to
7: later. Thank you.
4: Mervyn, congratulations as always. Just touching on what you said there today about doing your homework. Have you identified then that perhaps Jose wasn't going to start particularly quick and get out of the blocks fast?
7: Yeah, um, he, he's not the best of starters, he's he's not the quickest of starters, um, I wouldn't say he's uh, bad at the start of a match, but he's not normally at his best, and if, if you can make Haywell sun sunshine, so to speak, at the start of a match, then then he's got problems.
4: Over set format, is it harder to chase as well, do you feel?
7: Um. I suppose it is really when, when you when you look at it because you, you could have two fantastic legs and, and, and three, or a couple of iffy ones and lose one of them and all of a sudden the set's gone and you think, well, hang on, I just had two great legs there and I've got nothing to show for it. Where if it's match play, you're going to win those two great legs and you have a couple of iffy ones, you might snatch one of them and you're only one down after the three legs, so... Yeah, it 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 can be a little bit more um, daunting when your set's down than match play.
4: Going on first as well in the session is that perfect? <coughs> for Excuse you, me, sorry. You know, going on first in the session is that perfect because we know you're very regimented with your practice routines, timings, and everything like that. And we heard you were waiting for security to let you in this morning. First one, first one in as always.
7: No, I I actually got the same shuttle as Jose and. Um, I think it was first through the door because I held it open for him. So, yeah, I uh, don't know where you got that from. Just
4: off what the Sky commentators were saying. That yeah,
7: well, they make things up when <laughs> what they don't know.
4: <laughs> but, to say, but just going first, does that suit you? Because you, you know exactly what time you're on and everything like that so you can get ready.
7: When, when you're first on, regardless of whether it's afternoon or evening, you know that you're going to start at that time with, within a minute or two. Um, if you're last on and you look at the timings and you think okay it's going to be around about 4:30, and then all of a sudden you get a seven setter and a seven setter, that 4:30 becomes 6:30, and then the overnight, the the night time runs late and it, yeah. So um, when you know roughly within a few minutes of when you're going to start, then you know exactly what you've got to do to prepare for that time. So yeah, it does help. No, no, so thank, much, thank you. you
5: very much. Cheers. Murph, do do you think we're seeing
7: the, the best version of Mervyn King up on that stage right now? Um, you're probably seeing close to the best you've seen before. Mm. Um, but the practice game is now coming to the stage, which is something I've been trying to do for years. Uh, it, it's, it's now starting to feel, um, for want of a better word, easier than it used to. Um, so if if my practice game really does come to the stage then who knows Do you
5: think there's an extra few percent
7: left? Oh definitely yeah yeah, yeah definitely there, there's there's a lot more there if I can bring it out um, I don't know whether I will who knows except will one see. If you put in the averages like you
5: did today I think Everybody's
7: going to see you as a danger for, for the I re- really don't care about that. It's, it's how I feel and um, how confident I am and, and what I do. I'm, I'm really not fussed about what other people feel about my game or me. Um, you know, it's it's entirely up to them. Uh, I feel good. I'm confident. I'm throwing well. Um, if that carries on, who knows? Cheers, mate. Thank you. No, just one for me. I hitting
5: 118 average to win you know, is it good to be hitting form at the right time for you after your, um performance
7: of the players' championship finals? Um Well, you don't want to be hitting bad form when you're playing in the Worlds, do you? So uh, it's it's always one of them things that if you hit the right form at the right time, you're going to achieve anything. It, it, it's
5: surely though,
7: the best time of year to hit this form though with the Championships. Well, yeah, exactly what I just said. You know, you hit the right form at the right time. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. Honestly, though, god can you imagine
0: the scenes if Price goes and screams to hitting a 140, 150, 170 plus checkout? The memes from Mirth. oh my God, it's going to be a gold mine. That <laughs> game's definitely going to be on Wednesday night, 100%. That's a night session game, there's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. It, it's going to happen, there's going to be a reaction. It, it, the thing is, I sort of hope that Mervin doesn't react. Mm. because it's the same as what we've just spoken about with Gary and Mensah, that there's enough talk and com- questions from media outlets and every man and his dog on social media commenting about the way that Merv doesn't enjoy that. Guess he's going to do it straight away. He's going to do it straight away from the very first start in the hope that it gives him an edge, and it probably will.
0: Well, we'll talk about that, I'm sure, tomorrow night as we go into Wednesday's action, uh, obviously, on the pod. But we've still got a couple of big performances to talk about. Uh, Lee, and the next one we're going to discuss is Vincent van der Voort, who also is having a renaissance right now. Sign me up for a Vincent van der Voort Mervyn King semi final right now. Um, it ends Nathan Aspidal's long run of, well, I say long run of, of two straight years of getting to the semi finals um, at this event, but a really good performance from van der Voort. It, it, it seemed like to me, He'd won the game once, and then he had to go and win it a second time when Aspinall got it back to 2-all.
2: Yeah, and even, even when he did get back to 2-all, straight away, Vincent van der Voel dominated then the, the fifth set. Um, and just looking at how dominant he was throughout, Aspenal only won eight leads um, across the seed sets, obviously winning two sets. So if you look at the four that van der Voel won, there was only two free ones and the other two were free nills. He was just dominant throughout. He seemed to have a bit of time off, then Aspinall come back into it. Then he didn't get pushed fully by Aspinall, but it looked a lot better. Um, it looked, like he said, old Vincent Mandevoort. And maybe the uh, few days staying over with MVG, he's uh, motivating him that little bit more as well.
0: Yeah, God, this is a big moment because obviously Nathan Aspinall now, we, we talked about he had to start defending money and well, he's defended a bit of it. You know, he's defended 35 grand rather than 100 grand. But this is a big moment for him. I, I don't really think that even in that first game against Waits, he just didn't look at it. And then he comes back and says, because we, we crucified Peter Wright for it last night. Well, certainly people on the show did about his comments against Michael Van Goen. But then he mentions against Scott Waits that he misses the match darts because I'm going to become world champion. That seems to have flown under the radar, that comment, if you want me to be honest.
1: It did a little bit, and it's obviously come back to bite him at this moment. To be fair, there's been a lot of talking from players this year. Um, Joe oh, Collins hi. said he feels really great this week. Mervyn King saying the darts he's got the minute could take it to be world champion. Aspinall saying it's written in the stars, who, by the way, is in the top ten... I think he's in the top three, actually, in terms of win percentage of players that have played more than 10 matches at the Alexandria Palace. His, his record there is fantastic. Um, obviously, not as much today, but before that, he, he was superb. Um, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talking before this tournament, and there's a couple of players nicely slipping under the radar too. Um, it, it's all boiling up nicely, but, I mean, it's great when players do drop us a line, but we're sat here criticising more and more of them for going, don't give us that
0: line. I love it I do love this show Because we are saying Ah yeah We we really want the players To not be robots And then the next minute We're going You shouldn't have said that Should you Um, That's how how Don't be a robot And then we've told Peter
1: right off For his comments Dimmy for looking ahead Too far Aspinall for saying He's about to be world champion (laughs) It's not going great here For these players And they probably can't win But they, They shouldn't be doing These things But we're thankful they are
0: Yes Absolutely right uh, right, we are going to move it on though Because uh, we've got so much to cram in, uh, in Over the next uh, few minutes of course And uh, Van der Voel, obviously will play Or Daryl Gurney uh, right. Tomorrow we'll find out who wins that uh, Let's talk about though now Lee uh, Glenn Durrant Who looked somewhere In my opinion near his best uh, Today Because he managed to beat Danny Baggish At 4-2 We'll come on to Danny and his story in, in just a second but a word on Dusser, 3-0 up. He misses a dart to win it, 4-0. We could have been wrapped up by now in, in terms of recording. But I think that's the best has played since probably midway through the Premier League campaign. He's looking somewhere near his best now.
2: Yeah, the, the first three sets, he was in total control. I know um, Danny didn't start off brilliantly, but Dusser looked in control. He looked back to... Um, Premier League does that, um, his finishing was there, which has been a, a, a big part of his day. But one battle, down back, that's at one point we've just been talking about, is players who were coming out and saying, making a big statement in an interview. Does it then come off the stage and said, I'm back, <laughs> which I think you've changed yourself going <laughs> into the next one, as everyone else seems to have done. But it did seem that way. It did seem like it was a was the Dozer of um, Premier League instead of the Dozer we've seen um, since the COVID.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we've obviously talked back and forth about it during the middle of the year where the Dozer could, could, could potentially be the best player on Planet Darts with the way that it was playing in that Premier League. Obviously, I, I said no. Uh, yeah, I said, Peter, right, you, you and Phil were trying to tell me it was... Uh, does her, but this is probably actually, probably the best he's looked. And yes he gave up the two sets towards the end, but I never I just never really thought he was any danger, if you want me to be brutally honest. This was a very comfortable win and he sets up a, a, a last sixteen game against the man we're gonna talk about next in Dirk van Dijvenbode. He could he, we say I he's one of those players that he said himself in the sky interview, he's going under the radar a little bit. I can't believe the Premier League champion's going in under the radar. <laughs> Me neither,
1: but he is. Um, he looked very, very good for a large proportion of the game. When Danny came back at him, they were all, Danny started performing magnificently, but you just wanted Glenn to find another gear then and, and match him and go with him and go, actually, I can do this, because there will be tougher tests than what Danny threw at him in those two sets that he picked up if he's going to go on and, and lift the Siboldell trophy. But like I said, Glenn looked superb again. I can't help but think it's related to the fact that he's, he's back to the kite flights with this tournament. I think he threw like big wings or, or standard flights um, for the Players' Championships. He looks a lot, lot better with these. They're going through the air a lot quicker. It looks like he's managed to have time on the board. Um, there, there's a confidence with the throw, right? When he presents the dart before he throws it, he just looks so much more solid, so much more in control over the dart. Um there's, there's no panic. And all right, at times, it's not the most aesthetically pleasing performance, but 95 average and 45% on your doubles, when you comparing him to the man, it's very James Wade-like and it will win you a lot of matches.
0: It certainly will. And now, let's be honest, we're really looking forward to that game between him and Van divenboder and I'm sure we'll talk about Van divenboder in just a second. But, Gob, I want to get your thoughts on Danny Baggish. Last 32 we know the story about his brother sitting in hospital uh, and we wish him all the best, but I want to talk about what he would do if he went to Q school. This is the million dollar question now, right? Do we reckon that he's going to go? I think he said he's going to go. And if he does go, I appreciate it's a lottery. I appreciate loads of other stuff, but he's got one hell of a chance to pick a tour card up and the players on the tour will not want him to pick a tour card up.
1: The play, well, I'm going to bring in the other two North Americans that don't hold a tour card at the minute that we've seen at this event Danny Lowby and Matt Campbell. I want all three there. I think all three gave a fantastic account of themselves this year, played some superb darts, and nobody wants to see any of those three on the tour. I think they've all proven they can compete, they can perform. All right, not all of them picked up wins. Matt Campbell was against Scott Waits, was a superb game of darts. Danny Lowby played at a great pace gave a great account of himself and Danny Baggage has been superb and shown not only has he got the game but he's got the temperament as well he's been fantastic despite going through personal struggles at the same time no one as a talker holder will want to see those three in that field at Q School and potentially picking up their card all three of them are people you're looking at going you're going to cost me money next year <laughs> That's the because they different. are I, I, like. well. As a professional sports person, a new person coming in to pick up a tour card is there to win money for themselves. And if they, the more money they win, the more money they're taking out of your pocket.
0: Yeah, it's a fair point. Uh, Lee, what are your thoughts? Do we think that there's going to be a North American invasion? With The best invasion since the WWF invasion in 2001. That's oh, a dear. niche reference,
1: by the way. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
0: Thank
2: you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, agree. I think you great, I think. If, if all three were to attend, there would be no surprise at all if two, if not all, not three of them were, were to that a card because of the performances they've put in. Yes, Badish has had the run, but all three of them put in a level of performance on the big stage that I can't see why they wouldn't be going getting a, a card and pushing people week in, week out. It's going to be interesting, but obviously you say tour card to last Tree, and I
0: I really hope we see the three North Americans in the uh, tour card field. Uh, But turn our attention back to Glenn Doran. Obviously, he is up against Dirk van Mode in the last 16, Lee. And this is a really brilliant performance. There's no way I I can dress it up. This is probably one of the most clinical performances I've seen on the Alexander Palace stage for a good while. Adam Hunt hit nine maximums and he was 40% on the checkouts. Dirk van Dijvenbode hit four maximums and was 52% on the checkouts with three ton plus averages. Sorry, with three ton plus checkouts. This was outstanding from
2: van Dijvenbode. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he, he controlled it from the set second lead onwards. Obviously, uh, Hunt hit the one, four, five in the first lead, but then from then, Dirt's response was, let's throw a 117 set and lead. And then he just pushed on. He improved set on set. And what a tie that now sets up with um, a better performing Glenn Durant. Anything that happened in that. Absolutely anything.
0: Gob, obviously, you mentioned it at the top of the show, and I said that Adam would would win the game. <laughs> uh, I did not expect Dirt <laughs> fan diving boner, to be as clinical as he was on the finishes because he won, but the majority of the set's 3-2. It wasn't a, those two 3-2 wins in the, in, in, in the sets were massive. Like, took out huge out shots to take the third set. With Adam sat back on 52, he takes out a one We mentioned the 170 as well to level straight back up when he got broken. Adam goes 2-0 up in the uh, in in the third set as well he went one up in the second he, he went he, 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 in the first set as well he went he went 2-1 up in the second set van dyver Boda wins it with some big checkouts as well with the, with an 82 with a 12 dart leg this is a very important win for van dyver Boda because people said he was a one hit wonder after that grand prix final once again in a set play tournament the orbe He's doing bits. He's been fantastic. He's,
1: he's been an absolute revelation this year. I was talking to you earlier about the first time I met him when I, I saw him at a couple of um, development tours in Coventry. So that's how long ago it is, because I haven't used the retail before this year for a long, long time. And he, he wasn't really picking up titles there. He was doing okay, the odd quarterfinal, semi-final, but wasn't really doing bits on that development tour. And he's he, he sort of, Blossom this year, if you want, for want of a better word. He's absolutely exploded. Um, 104 performance, average performance today was superb. And after the Grand Prix, he's world class. I can't say anything more higher than that. An aubergine farmer that barely won his card back and has been up and down with the game has suddenly turned into a world-class talent.
0: I don't disagree. Uh, I, I think he's absolutely outstanding. And, and, and uh, here's a question then because that second half of the draw now, wide open, winner of that obviously makes a quarter final. It could be Glenn's second straight in a row. It would be Dirk's obviously the, the best performance by a long, long way at the Alexandra Palace. Given it, Anderson, Lowe, or Peterson, is there any suggestion that either one of those two? Can't reach the semi-final. Gob first and then Lee, if you want to come in off the back of it, mate. No, this
1: this quarter, the draw is wide open. Personally, I think one of Devon, Gary, Dirk or, or Glenn, well, three of them are obvious, but I think Devon will come through Jason though, like tomorrow, goes on and... and Makes a semi final, which is ridiculous. And similar happens in one of the other sections of the draw as well, where it's Wade, Retarski, Clemens, or so providing Wade beats Stephen Bunting tomorrow. The fact that we're listing those eight names, two of them are going to be World Championship semi finalists. There aren't many that would have called that at the start of this tournament. This is there's been a few shocks, a few ups and downs, but primarily seeds have got through. But we're we're talking about these eight players producing two semi finalists, and we. I just didn't see it coming.
2: Yeah, and I'd probably adding on to that, as we was talking about dirt, it's hard not to still have him in, in form as the favourite in that quarter, but that quarter includes uh, Gary Anderson, Devin Peterson and Glenn Dorans, but he's playing that well. He's playing that well. And, uh, he's talked about with those names. Uh, I said dirt after the last performance. I don't think many people would have tipped him to get that far, though, from the start. But his performances on the stage are just top draw. And more importantly than that, we still
0: want to see the PDC Darts dance dancers doing the Aubergine Gigi dance. That is what we want to keep seeing <laughs> till the beginning, to the end of time, it feels like. Uh, but there we go. So that wraps up day 11, then, of the World Darts Championship. And this is how... Uh, it all went down. Just a quick reminder, uh, if you if you needed it. Uh, this is how it happened. Uh, Mervin King, four. Jose de Sousa, uh, nil. Uh, then we had Divert Divert, four. Adam Hunt, nil. Nathan Aspinall, two. Vincent van four. In the evening session, Gary Anderson, four. Mental Sudovich, three. Gerwin Price, four. Brennan Dolan, three. And then Glenn Durrant, four. Danny Bagish two. Uh, so this is how day 12 looks then. It is the final day of the third round and the fi- and then the first day of the fourth round. We're getting towards that last 16, everybody. We're getting closer to crowning ourselves. PDC World Darts champion. James Wade well against Stephen Bunting starts off the session. we then got Darryl Gurney against Chris Dobie, and then Devin Peterson against Jason Lowe. Not what we thought, by the way, because I was there going, hang on a minute, Scott, have changed the order around. Has that been changed? But no, we have, we, we, we have, we've got confirmation that it's not the case. Devin Peterson against Jason Lowe will be the final game of the afternoon session. Dave Peterson against Danny Notput. It's the first game of the evening session. That will complete round three. And then in round four, Round four starts with Gabriel Clements against Christoph Ratajski. One of them is going to be a PDC World Championship quarter-finalist, by the way. And then it's Michael Van Gerwen. He's back in action headlining once again as he takes on Joe Cullen. Uh, Lee, what game are you most looking forward to there, my friend?
5: Uh,
2: I would probably go MVG Joe Cullen from the uh, the final one of the night's MVG's how he started this is just um it's just been incredible his averages have been there his, his finishings uh, top draw he's then he's treble nineteens on his towers um and then I oh, guess the performance we've seen from Joe in spells of then sliding. he played very well hitting that 100 to finish the dame off was probably one of the best finishes I've seen so far in this tournament because of the pressure it was under with the last leg um it all depends on Joe Cullen, because I think we know now that we are going to have a top MVG, an in four mvg tomorrow night. Um, so if Joe Cullen can turn up and play his name, we could have a, a six, maybe seven setter.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I, I personally can't see that happening, uh, but uh, it's going to be a good game nonetheless, even if it is just going to be us marvelling over another massive MVG average. Uh, God, your thoughts, my friend?
1: Oh, it's it's Clementine's
0: eyeskin. I was about to say I'm, I'm turning into uh, Adrian. Uh, uh, you know the moose. I'm uh, off of Talksport, calling everybody my friend tonight.
1: No, that's
0: it's, cute. Been <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, it, it's
1: Clementine's and Anybody that's ever listened to me on this pod or show or online darts or gnocchi will know that I was going to pick that a mile off. Um, Really intrigued by that game. Clemens is, is clearly the German number one. Um, he's playing some superb darts. Ratowski is one of my boys, as we like to say. Um, I've got a vested interest in him. I think he's fantastic. and It's a battle of two players that we're yet to really see hit the heights they're capable of on TV. and That's what makes it even more intriguing for me because if they're meeting in the first round or the second round, Fine, they've, they've they've got a bit of
0: freedom, but they're playing for a world core final spot. That's massive. Fifty grand's worth of money as well. Yeah, for for two players
1: that have never really performed on the TV apart from Clemens' win earlier on. Um, really intriguing. A good game. Two players that will just get on with it. Um, we know how important that is to viewing darts. Um, mm,
0: very. Yeah. That that's it. Okay, so I'm going to go with a couple of big things here. I'm with you that Rotyski versus uh, Clemens is the game of the night. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to throw something here that I think you're going to think I'm mad about. But I called one out of two today because I said Van der Voort would beat Aspinall. I obviously called Adam Hunt against Evan Duffenboid a but ignore that for a second. I'm going to say, big thing here, from the way that he's been playing over the last couple of days, and the way that a certain player has dropped off, I'm going to say a huge... I wouldn't even call it a huge shock. I think Jason Lowe does Devin Peterson tomorrow. And I think that's Whoa. the name of the day. I do. I don't think that Devin has looked in, in the best shape since the European Championship win. I don't think he looked great against Steve Lennon. I'll be honest. Lennon missed an absolutely shed load of darts. And Jason Lowe, we know what Jason Lowe's going to do. Jason Lowe will average in the mid-90s, maybe push towards 100, and he will take out some big shots. That is what he does. And I genuinely believe that this is the moment that Jason Lowe announces himself in the PDC. I I've, I've called this on the show weeks ago and I said that we are doing Jason Lowe a disservice yes I I predicted that Marcus would make the quarter final but I thought he would go out in a five setter I didn't expect Lowe to play like this but Lowe to me is just brilliant he just doesn't care he will just throw darts there's no messing about he will come out in literally no branded shirt and he will just toss in a 95 average a 96 and he'll hit 50% of the doubles I really believe that Jason Lowe I'm going to say it. I reckon Jason Lowe makes a world championship quarterfinal here okay, and beats Gary Anderson as well with the way that he's playing. All oh, right, Dimmy. Genuinely, I do. I think he beats Peterson tomorrow and I think he will go on and beat Anderson. He's playing some unreal stuff, mate.
1: Are you on the show tomorrow? No. <laughs> That's fortunate. <laughs> well, <I'm>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends on whether Phil Baskin can <laughs> make it. <laughs> Otherwise, I might have to step in. I'm hoping I'm not going to be, because if he loses, I'm going to look like a right mug. (laughs) No
2: comment. Lee, come on. Give me some hope here, my friend. Come on. I'm lost for words. Not only are you saying he's beating Devin Peterson, but you're also saying he's following it up by beating Darry Anderson. Um, I hope you are on the show tomorrow night. (laughs) <laughs> I think, but, well, I think one ticket, one ticket. it depends on the result
1: first because if he wins, he's going to be insufferable. So let's be thankful he's not. <laughs> he's, he's, he's,
2: if, well, if he gets this one right, oh my God. It's not going <laughs> yeah. to happen. He's predicted Adam on today. He's lost 4 0. Jason Lowsden would lose 4 0, 4 1 tomorrow. Hopefully, then he needs to come on the show. And I will certainly be tuned in. Nathan Aspinall.
0: Also, I said I did call <laughs> Vincent van der Voort to beat Nathan Aspinall. So we've we've got a couple of big calls, right? We'll just see which one this goes on. If I, if if Jason Lowe wins, I'm canceling Barzy. If he w- if he loses, then Barzy can host it on that bombshell. Let's uh, let's be off uh, If you've uh, listened to yeah, about to say if you've listened to Gary's interview right now, then you have already know. Uh, Jack Kirby- Gilbert <laughs> at Lee Boys, thank you very very much indeed. Well, what have we learned? We've learned that Gerwin Price has stones among stones. Elastic Decider to be Brendan Dole in a truly great game of darts, four three. Less said about Gary Anderson, Mento Sudovic the better. Gando coming through at 4-3 in probably one of the worst games I've seen. Um, there's no more, m- more to be said, unfortunately. Uh, what else have we seen? Well, murphy King is back, and he is back under the bang. He beats Jose de Sousa, the Grand Slam champion, 4-0. Another 4-0 win today for Dirk van Dijvenvoe over Adam Hunt. Brilliant finishing from Dirk. That seals the deal. Vincent van der Voort also rolls back the years. He beats Nathan Aspinall 4-2. And a huge, huge moment indeed for Glenn Durant. He looks like he's back as he takes out the game. Danny Baggish, the gambler, finally out. Uh, he, the gamble just doesn't pay off for Danny Baggish. But would we see him at Q School? I think so, and I hope so indeed. Uh, day 12 tomorrow, we are going to be concluding round three and moving on to round four. We are really doing the business here at the World Darts Championship. We have, we will... Have 14 players left by the end of tomorrow. Let's see who it's going to be into the quarterfinals as well as Rataysky Clements and Van Gerwin Cullen. The first of the round four games take place. Thanks again for listening. Really do appreciate it. Hope you have a great day. Hope you enjoy, uh, hope you enjoy the show. And don't forget as well, 12 o'clock, we're going to be online as well, online for the live blog. Follow all of the action there. Appreciate a lot of people going back to work tomorrow in the UK. So make sure you follow it there. 12 o'clock GMT onlinedarts.com and don't forget as well that you can follow us on facebook twitter and instagram right now and you can get all the reaction on there as well across our social channels and online Darts tv on youtube find us right there you'll get all the rest of today's interviews thanks again for listening to the world championship daily we will see you tomorrow well i don't know whether i'll be on yet depends on what happens in the low peterson game <laughs> see you tomorrow take care bye bye uh...